You're listening to the Islamic Sustainable Finance and Investment Podcast, the show discussing the latest and most exciting developments of Sharia-compliant sustainable finance. The sustainable finance space is beginning to mature, and with that, new regulations are steadily being introduced. My name is Marlena Karim, the editor of Islamic Sustainable Finance and Investment, and I'm joined by Salma B. Mohamed Maidin from the Malaysian Securities Commission, or the SC. Salma is the executive director of market development responsible for sustainability. In this episode of the podcast, we tackle the role of the SC in aiding the smooth implementation of sustainability regulations in Malaysia, as well as its new initiatives in the pipeline. Hi, Salma. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Marlena. Thank you for having me. We have seen a number of sustainability frameworks coming out internationally and regionally. What are some of the efforts currently being done by the SC on these frameworks? Uh, as you said, um, you know, there, there's been a number of development um, in this space. And for the SC, we've made central the, the need to strengthen the quality of disclosure and even data around sustainability reporting. So for some years now, we've been going through a flurry of activities and initiatives to improve sustainability reporting. So we see asset managers, owners, investors pushing for quality information. I think what they are focused on is seeing what's comparable, consistent, transparent, and and quite importantly, uh, reliable. So on on this uh, regard, I think there are several important sustainability frameworks uh, that are in operation. I'm just reflecting on some of them. And each of them have their own key objectives, focus, and and purpose. What I think is important to remember is that these frameworks complement each other and can be used for different purposes. And and at the SC Malaysia, we've been um, monitoring the development and um, adapting and uh, adopting some of these uh, changes. So for for starters, I think we've seen the work done by the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosure, TCFD. So it focuses on climate-related financial risk reporting. And the other major standards body that we often look to is the Global Reporting Initiative that focuses on comprehensive reporting on economic, environmental and social aspects. So a significant uh, development that we've been keeping a watch on on is the recent announcement by the uh, IWSB, uh, International Sustainability Standards Board, on the issuance of the sustainability reporting standard. And for us, this is a, a much welcome move. I think it solves the myriad uh, of, of reporting um, standards that, that's available in the in the landscape. So IWSB have said that the, the goal is to provide financial markets across the globe with um, um, high standards, high, uh, high quality disclosure on climate and sustainability um, uh, issues. And as we know, they, they, they currently have rolled out two standards, the focused uh, uh, on general requirements for the first one for sustainability related financial disclosures and the second one focuses on climate. So we, we know that they've said that more standards are likely to be issued in the future. So we will continue to uh, embrace these developments. And, and I think how it aligns to the work that's come before, I think the TCFD recommendations uh, provided a way for corporates and stakeholders to think about how businesses deal with climate change and provide information on their climate climate risk 
uh, exposures to to investors, lenders. So there's there's a, a lot of alignment coming together, and we're we're quite happy to see that. And for the domestic market, uh, public listed companies on Bursa Malaysia have had a, a head start, I would think. Um, Bursa has put the sustainability reporting through their sustainability reporting framework since 2015. And as we know, in September last year, Bursa enhanced the uh, SRF, the sustainability reporting framework, to further align to, uh, to the global reporting expectations. So it's built on the same corpus of the IWSB, uh, which is also aligned to TCFD, uh, governance, strategy, risk management, as well as matrix and targets. So this alignment will help listed issuers transition towards more advanced reporting requirements. So I think, I think we're quite happy to see this development and Bursa has also updated its reporting guide to support the listed issuers. Uh, the, the reporting toolkit will serve as a complement to guide the best practice approach and case study. Uh, final point I, I would make is the, with the issuance of these standards, I think we are now taking at a country level uh, steps to support corporates and stakeholders to speak and understand the, the common language. And on the SC front, we'll continue to champion the range of disclosure frameworks to strengthen the quality of data and disclosures. The Advisory Committee on Sustainability Reporting has been established to support implementation of these standards in Malaysia. What are the expected challenges? Before we speak about Malaysia and the work that we're doing and, and, and our focus, I think the standard board, I think it is focused on ensuring comparable disclosure for, for starters. Uh, but I do believe that they're also mindful that further reporting may have an impact on the corporates. And, and from, from our perspective, one of the key areas that we're looking at uh, that, that we see as a challenge is the availability and quality of data for reporting. So the accuracy and reliability of sustainability data is something that uh, will need to be addressed. And corporates, especially in markets where sustainability reporting is still maturing, We'll need to have in place systems that can collect, verify this data. So sustainability data is often unavailable since it, it covers a wide range of areas and standardizing and measuring uh, can be a challenge. There could likely be also discussions on data materiality in addition, in addition to data availability. So corporates will need time to collect relevant sustainability data, determining what is material. In fact, making a call on materiality can also take time and, and I believe that will also need to be built up over time. I think uh, in our discussions, we, we do worry about the risk of um, reporting fatigue if the implementation approach and rollouts are not uh, carefully uh, managed. I think we need to take into consideration the readiness of the ecosystem. We've been having the same discussion at the financial sector level. Uh, we have a joint committee between Securities Commission Malaysia and Bank Negara Malaysia, the Joint Committee on Climate Change, JC3. So this, this concern of, of around data was, was something we recognised early. And we started, uh, we started to take steps to identify, address uh, critical data gaps in climate and environmental risk-related information. December last year, JC3 released a climate data catalogue. There's an accompanying report to it. So the catalogue provides important data required for financial sector specific use covering it's available, partially available and unavailable data. And, and it also provides some insight on data gaps. 
So it will serve as a reference for climate and environmental data needs, and we believe will push for collective effort among stakeholders to enhance data availability, accessibility, and, and, and discussions on that has already started and getting the attention of the right parties. So following that publication, we will focus effort on, on getting a lot more consistency, work with data providers on substantially reducing the, the data gap. So another area as we look at the challenges we will need to focus on is to enhance skills and knowledge. I think that's a given in any space, particularly in, in this space. So this will continue to be prioritized to you know, have better disclosure, to have uh, various groups involved in, in meeting disclosure requirements, understand what they need to achieve, capacity building, apply the standards within the corporate sectors. And, and the other um, point is a conversation about you know, the role of auditors. As chair of the advisory committee, I think the, the SC is, is also working on looking at parallel development, such as assurance and readiness. So I think we, we know that this area will continue to evolve and organizations will need to adapt, invest in systems and processes. I think the growing demand for sustainability information from stakeholders will only get more. So I do believe that continuing investments on skills building will be an important factor. Is there any work being done specifically to tackle SMEs in the sustainable finance space? Yes. Thanks, Marina. And, and that's an, an important point for us collectively. I think the SME is an important segment. I think similarly for Malaysia and across the globe, ESG disclosures can be complex and, and overwhelming and, and without sufficient knowledge and guidance, it becomes even more so for the smaller companies. Capital Markets Malaysia and an affiliate of the Securities Commission Malaysia has developed the Simplified ESG Disclosure Guide for Small and Medium Enterprises. Uh, it helps them in adopting sustainability disclosures. So for us, the impact of not complying, not reporting can be a major concern for companies, especially SMEs, uh, if they want to remain competitive, be part of the global supply chain, compete regionally in their growth plans. CMM has just completed their consultation process of the SEDG, is intended to support SMEs in their sustainability journey, provides guidance on the data requirement for their reporting, the guide is clearly intended to provide simplified and standardized set of ESG disclosures. So it's aligned with global and, and local frameworks. It provides policy principle-based standard. It does cover three particular pillars, environment, social and governance, covers 15 areas. I think some of the examples are emission, energy, water, employee management, anti-corruption. So starting this process will... Um, actually result for us in SMEs looking at their own sustainable transition journey and have in place risk mitigations where necessary and, and capitalize on the, on the opportunities. And this is a segment that we will continue to focus on, both for uh, clarification on standards and more importantly, the capacity building that will certainly come with it. I understand. So you talked uh, a bit about the challenges with data gap and some of the concerns around reporting fatigue. So how has the industry responded to the work of the ACSR? Is the SC working alongside corporates for this initiative? I, I think the ACSR is an important development and um, uh, you know, it does comprise representatives from Bank Negara Malaysia, Bursa Malaysia, Companies Commission, the Audit Oversight Board and Financial Reporting Foundation. 
um, the corporates are uh, have welcomed this development and will continue to work with them to ensure that uh, the areas I spoke about, the readiness, the capacity building, the assurance that will be uh, required. As we have discussed, sustainability frameworks are often developed in other jurisdictions and superimposed on existing regulatory systems. So at a national level, what role does the SC play in developing sustainable finance frameworks and taxonomies? Sustainable finance for us is an important component to drive our transition journey. I, I think um, sustainable finance channels investment towards green projects help mitigate climate change, have positive impact on um, social uh, equity. I think this was the thought process for the ST when we start, first started looking at, uh, at this space, I think about 10 years ago, we said that we need to have a facilitative SRI ecosystem for the capital market. It needs to address uh, the needs of the issuers. It needs to meet demands from investors. We need to have a broader range of available um, investments in this space. Earlier, I spoke uh, about the disclosure frameworks that we need to have in place. So equally important for us is the need to have funding and investment framework. If I may add, for us, the component that brings it all together is the policy clarity that we're seeing more and more from uh, ministries and, and government these days. So with policy clarity, corporates, issuers, investors will be more interested in, in looking at this space um, and, and start to chart and accelerate their own ESG journey and look at the available capital mar market funding framework. Um, as we know, the SE introduced the SRI support framework in 2014. So I think this continues to play an important role in financing Malaysia's sustainability needs. It mobilizes financing into this space. Uh, the other important development is the guidelines on SRI funds. This was introduced in 2017 and uh, revised last year uh, to enhance sustainability reporting and disclosure requirements. Uh, last year, we rolled out the um, SRI support framework, SRA linked support framework. We see this as an important innovative tool which aims to facilitate companies, including those in hard to abate sectors, to tap into the capital market to meet their transition finance need. I think the, the thing about uh, capital market funding and, and investment solutions is it can be innovative. It can, it can drive some of the changes we hope to see, um, it can be customized to the needs of the situation. We will see a, a lot more innovative structures in place. I see. So just to build on that a little, so when the SC is developing local regulations on sustainable finance, does the authority reference international regulations? What does that look like? So our process of creating frameworks are, are, are fairly robust. Uh, it certainly will incorporate um, what, what is happening globally, given that we are an open market, uh, cross-border uh, investments and funding happens and um, as companies grow and regionalize and globalize their businesses. So uh, certainly, I think benchmarking against global standards is an important area. But I think we're also mindful of the needs of the economy and the readiness of our um, market participants. So that is an important factor that, that shapes the, the, the requirements when it's being developed. And, and uh, a lot of consultation happens with industry, uh, understanding where they're at, where they need to be, how we can help them uh, through either incentives or capacity building uh, and, and pushing this journey forward. I see. So really curating regulations for the Malaysian market specifically. For sure. 
that, that's a, that's an important factor for us because while we have um, strong uh, domestic players, we, the the market is also a at different sizes, um, at different levels of understanding and ability to adapt uh, to the requirements that come out. So I think that's something that we're mindful of. With all this development in place and all the work that the SC is doing, what can we expect to see from the SC in the sustainable finance space in the near future? What are some upcoming initiatives? So I think we will continue to focus on the two segments I spoke about. I think funding and investment framework and, and disclosure framework. I think it's a lot of... Um, Activities is happening globally that we're, we're keeping a close watch on. I think for the funding and investment framework, uh, we want to see the to, to accelerate funding for transition. So a wider range of sustainable investments to meet the growing number of asset and, and, and fund managers demands. Uh, the, these fund managers and asset managers are making commitment towards ESG investment. So a wider range of sustainable investments. So we will adapt our uh, regulatory requirements on um, uh, funds uh, disclosure or, or funds uh, framework as they come. We're also looking to see more innovative structure, blending finance across the various segments to fund the green journey. That's something we're working on um, to see actual implementation of uh, blended finance. So with standardization of disclosure um, standards, there will continue to be work on the implementation of uh, the IWSB standards and the need for greater clarity, consistency of um, definition on what constitutes as ESG or in, in our case, SRI. So for that, I think the particular work that we are focused right now on is the next stage of the SRI taxonomy. So we uh, have embarked on the journey to start the SRI taxonomy plus standards. So the plus standards aims to provide more granular and detailed guidance in terms of threshold metrics, indicators and targets for the key economic sectors. I think we need to be consistent with national policies and targets. And more importantly, we need to be aligned to the uh, ASEAN Taxonomy Plus standards where relevant that, that has been um, uh, issued. The taxonomy is a, more or less a classification system, whereas the funding and investment framework could come through the SRI guidelines, SRI fund guidelines, the SRI SUKO, uh, we'll, we'll look at see what's happening uh, in relation to structures that is being developed and what are the needs of the industry and whether the present guidelines caters, uh, the SRI link SUKO framework, the SRI funds framework, whether the current structure um, suits what the needs are or whether they, they need to be um, enhanced, tweaked to cater for the needs of the industry. Is there a timeline in place for any of these developments? For the taxonomy plus standards, we have said that um, we're looking to have something next year. I think it's a lengthy process that requires a lot of interaction with um, key stakeholders, including uh, government agencies, ministries, corporates. Again, as I said earlier, I think we're very mindful of um, releasing or rolling out a set of documents, set of standards, set of guidelines that is applicable and the ease of implementation. So we're going to ensure that a lot of conversation and consultation happens uh, to understand the needs of the industry before it is rolled out. Absolutely. It sounds like the SC has a lot on its desk right now. We certainly do. Salma, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening. For more discussions on Islamic sustainable finance and investments, log on to www.islamicsustainable.com.
You can also listen to the episodes on your favourite platforms, including iTunes and Spotify.